Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Max Danielson Show. I'm your host, Max Danielson, and joining me today we have, once again, another Austin College baseball player. What's new with that? I mean, every single week we have one, but then again, that's all we got up here, and I can't complain because they're always great guests. We got the man, the myth, the legend, Sergio over here. Serge, welcome onto the show, my man. What's up, Max? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself, man? I am great. I'm ready to go. Well, Serge, it is tradition around here on the show. First of all, I ask you what you do here at Austin College. We know that you're an Austin College baseball player. Uh, what you're majoring in, and then what your favorite sports teams are. Okay, I'm majoring in math, and my favorite sports teams are the Cowboys, the Mavericks, um, Manchester United. Shout out to them in England, and yeah, those are my and the Rangers, of course. There you go. Now, personally, we haven't really talked about soccer. Uh, that's why I was asking you last night if you wanted to talk about soccer. Maybe we'll throw it in at the end. Personally, I'm a Tottenham fan uh, just because of Harry Kane. I love that guy. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch, man. Come on. Come on. I'm sorry, man. I do like them. Um, surprisingly, don't follow Premier League much. I do now whenever it's on, of course, I'll watch it because it's interesting, especially this summer. I'll need to watch it because I think next year they're going to make me start calling soccer games. Um, so we'll have to see about that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, there's still a lot of things that I'm unfamiliar with. The one thing I still don't understand, I think you explained it to me more, the offsize thing where yes. you have to be. It's so much different in hockey because all I have to remember is the blue lines. Yeah, I don't, in I don't really understand offsides in hockey. That's what I don't get. That's yeah, I think that – oh, yeah. So that was when uh, your sister was playing up here at Denison and we had to explain it both to each yeah. other what the hell was going on. Um but, I mean, even so, a shout-out to the Denison soccer team who wants us to come up and <laughs> cheer again uh, for one of their games. But also shout-out to, like, Dallas, the soccer team oh, yeah. there. How about them Lady Falcons? Heck, yeah. All right, well, we'll start off here with uh, Major League Baseball. The big thing, of course, still is that Astros scandal, the cheating scandal, where this week the – I believe it was the owner and the president came out, as well as players such as Alex Bregman, Carlos Correa – and then um, Altuve. Jose Altuve yeah. all came out and said uh, basically that they are apologetic, quote-unquote, about their actions and um, that they need to move forward. And I believe it was the president, it was either the owner or president, said that it didn't impact the game at all, which is, in my opinion, complete BS. I am totally in agreement with you. I mean, as a Rangers fan, I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate it. What what are the Strohs doing, man? And the worst thing, or so what I read upon was that the Nationals knew what was going on. That's why they made sure to hide it better. Um, but the one thing, like, and I saw this week actually. Uh, let me pull up this. I gotta remember the guy's name, but um, a former Blue Jays reliever. His name, uh, yeah. So there is a lawsuit going on now. Um, from Mike Bolsinger, who was a former uh, journeyman in the MLB, he spent all this time in minor league baseball, then got called up. His last game in the major leagues was against the Astros, and he threw – he could barely only get one out. They just lit him up and basically saying um, – and his argument is that they ruined his career because right after that – Blue Jays told him, we're done, you're not coming back up, sent him down, and I think he retired afterwards too. Um, And there's a guy on YouTube by the name of Matt Antonelli, he was the former number nine pick in the 2009 draft, 
Uh, didn't really have a long career, but he does a lot of great baseball videos. And basically, he was talking about how this makes sense, um, specifically the fact that, you know, what if he got through those couple innings? Maybe he'd still be in the MLB. Um, but, I mean, it just stinks because, like, that that impacts the game so much. I know it impacted a lot of careers. I know a guy by the name of Phil Hughes was who was in the MLB uh, for a while for, oh, Lord, maybe 10 years or so. Um, he has a card opening channel on YouTube now, which is pretty ironic there. <laughs> um, but going off that, but he was saying that he wants his uh, career stats against the Astros changed. Um, and there's just a lot of people that are coming out, like Trevor Bauer, I know, who even so came out this week to bash the MLB for why it's lost this generation of viewers uh, because they don't let they don't allow the players to express themselves. He even said that you know it's complete you know BS that these players um, are getting nothing where a guy or even so perfect example there Pete Rose is trying to reinstate himself in the MLB Hall of Fame which I believe he did 100% deserves Mm -hmm. you know I understand he was betting against his team but compared to what the Astros did that was a slap on the wrist you know and I remember the commissioner came out saying that oh this was going to be like the um the heaviest suspension MLB has ever given and everyone's like, oh, this might be, you know, they stripped the title or whatever. And then they're just, they fire, you know, of course, for A.J. Hinch, uh, Alex Cora, mm-hmm. um, all those guys involved. Yes, that's a big hit. For for the players, there was nothing involved. Exactly, yeah. Honestly, it's just it's just sad to see that careers can be ruined by this, mm-hmm. honestly. I just hate it. Now, I wonder, here's the thing. Do you think the Astros will continue doing it? No, I don't think they will. They better not, especially I mean, against when they play against my Rangers. Oh, but. yeah. Um, honestly, my opinion, I don't think they're going to do the same thing, but I think they still will do something. Uh-huh. It's a big year for them, honestly. Every, everybody's going to be looking at them this year. Be- and even happens. so, like, not only a big year for them, but also a big year for the AL West. Of course, the Rangers have upgraded pitching. Yeah. The Angels have gotten – they were supposed to get – we'll get into this next guy here in a little bit – Uh. They have a couple deadly weapons in their lineup. Um, I mean, the Mariners are just the Mariners. The <laughs> Oakland A's are always a dark horse. Uh-huh. They have really uh, came out of the blue on that one. Always show up and in then, the second half. Of course, the Astros have just built this dynasty, um, of course, of cheaters. But <laughs> there was some news channel that I, I don't remember what the name was. But instead of putting Jose Altuve, Astros first or second baseman, they put Jose Altuve, Astros cheater and I was like wow um but we'll move on here kind of going from a former Ranger one of my favorite Rangers now personally of all time that being Hunter Pence he's going back to San Francisco um last year it was a low risk high reward pickup for the Rangers last offseason and it worked out for them for the first part of the year before the all-star break was hitting phenomenal um, made the All-Star game, though got injured, so could not compete, uh, was going to be the starting DH, and then kind of fell off towards the end of the year. Went back to kind of what we saw towards the end of his Giants career. But definitely am glad that he got re-picked up by the Giants. I know the Giants organization absolutely loves him. The fans love him. And I know, especially for Rangers fans, everyone loved Hunter Pence. He's just a great guy. I mean, he, it's it just shows like there's no right way to play the game because mm-hmm. he's like the most unorthodox player. He really is. It's, I don't know if you saw um, 
Fox Southwest did a documentary called The Pence Method, where when he went to uh, the Dominican last winter uh, to reinvent his whole swing, and there was the, it's about 25 minutes. For my viewers who haven't seen it, highly recommend watching it. Go look it up on YouTube. But it basically just went through his entire offseason, what he went through uh, with the Giants kind of towards the end where they told him, you know, we're not going to pick you up again. Um, and then having to find his team. And then at the very end that the Rangers called and said, hey, we, you know, we're going to sign you to a deal. And it kind of was just from there, it just went up. Um, but Hunter Pence, the story that he has, especially, like you said, being one of the more unorthodox players in Major League Baseball, his swing, everyone knows it. It's definitely an <laughs> interesting one. Um, but he is also one of the players that when you need him to get on base, he's going to get on base. Not necessarily the most power guy, but I like to think of him more as a Tony Gwynn guy where you're going gap to gap. Mm-hmm. Very clutch. Um, but we're going to move on here to what was last week, the biggest topic being uh. the uh, Mookie Betts trade with the Red Sox, Dodgers, and Twins. However, that got held up due to the uh, Twins pitching prospect having some medical issues, but it was reworked out, and they got uh, Jeter Downs along with for the Red Sox because the Red Sox, of course, realized – oh, we're only getting Alex Verdugo out of this. We should probably get someone else. And Jeter Downs is a great prospect that was in the Twins organization. Um, but for all sides of this, how do you think this trade worked out? Who do you think was the winner? Who do you think was the loser oh, out of this? The Dodgers 100% was the winner, getting Mookie Betts and David Price. Well, the problem here, like for Mookie Betts, it's going to be good, but then you also have to think, you know, and I didn't even realize this till yesterday, He's only got a couple more years left on his contract, and he's going to have to have a massive payday. Plus, you got all these young guys like Gavin Lux. Um, now they still have Jock Peterson, Will Smith. I mean, you got all these guys, Dustin May, in their uh, farm system. Um, you got a lot of guys, but and especially, I know they're going to try to get rid of that contract for David Price. As uh, Jonathan Vu says, the most highly paid reliever in Major League <laughs> Baseball. Uh, which is definitely true about that. But to get that generational talent, Mookie Betts definitely is the winning part of the trade. The only part that I don't like for the Dodgers is they did have to pick up the David Price contract, which was really the ceiling deal where if they didn't, they wouldn't get Mookie. Mm-hmm. Um, but going on to the other teams, let's just talk about that. Red Sox, I mean, they got some young guys. I know Alex Verdugo was a stud for the Dodgers. Uh, Jeter Downs, I've read up. You know he's a pretty good prospect out of the minor league or, or out of the minor league farm system, as well as the guy who's having some minor league problems. But really, a big surprise out of this, and what just adds on more firepower to the Twins is Kenta Maeda. Um, losing Kyle Gibson, of course, at the beginning of the offseason to the Rangers, they went out got some big time pitching upgrades. Also upgrade at third base with Josh Donaldson, even going to produce more home That's runs for them. That's a big pickup. That is a big um, pickup right there. But the Twins are, in my opinion, looking like the dark horse team for a postseason contention. They're yeah, they're looking good right now with their pitching that they have. Freaking Barrios, that nasty yeah. slider. Jose Barrios, I mean Kenta Maeda. Ken- you know he's a great starter for the Dodgers. Um, but we'll move on here. Speaking of the Dodgers, uh, the trade fell through with Jock Peterson, um, which honestly, I know they're going to still try to get rid of Jock Peterson and get some money off the table and not have to worry about re-signing another guy. Um, but if they do keep Jock Peterson, what a lineup they have. They are stacked, it's honestly. Lethal. Now, the only thing is, uh, do they actually win the World Series if they do? Because they've had guys like Manny Machado on their team. 
Um, I mean, you, the list goes on and on about the guys who they had. And every single year, it's, oh, now they have that piece to get over the hump. And they just never do it. So could this finally be their piece? I think I think they're the favorites to come out of the World Series, or at least in the NL. Mm-hmm. And then probably the Yankees, because they're stacked, too. Yeah. Golly. Yeah. Just powerhouses in the big market uh, I mean, cities. Yeah, that's really all you could do, especially when you're a big city. You uh-huh. know, you get a lot of guys there, especially why Texas hasn't really gotten a big guy. Um, I know it's <sighs> Don't make well. Me cry. We did get Corey Kluber though. We did get yes, Corey Kluber, no, like which was that. a bit, which was a, a really good trade. But for sure, definitely sad that we got rid of the Shields and uh, Emmanuel Classe, who I knew or who I actually saw, and that's a funny story about him. We were at the July. It was me and then my roommate Jackson Epps were at the Fourth of July game. It was the like two outs, and he was down in Double A at that point. Uh-huh. This is when he was coming up, and it was bases loaded. It was a five run game and two strikes. Everyone's on their feet. And Klasse, if you know him, he throws gas. Like, he's a 100-101 guy. Throws a 101 heater down the middle. Guy cranks it for a grand slam. And everyone's like, oh, no. Um, But I know Klasse's going to really, really provide for the Indians whenever he gets up to the big leagues. Or actually, I think he is in the big leagues. But if they're the Indians, I think they need to keep him down in AAA for now. Um, But, I mean, even so... When we're talking about the Angels, right, in this whole thing, the Angels just don't have any pitching right now. No, they do not. They're they wanted Garrett Cole, but they just mm-hmm. just did, that didn't fall through. I mean, then. and the big thing is like they have one of the best managers in baseball, Joe Madden. Oh, for they sure. They have the former Mets uh, manager uh, Mickey Callaway, who I know from one of my former neighbors who played uh, middle school to high school ball with him, grew up with him. Super super nice guy. He's a great pitching coach, just terrible manager. No offense to Mickey there. Um, but if I'm the Angels, the number one thing, because Shohei's out this year, so you don't have much to work with. They need to go out and get minor guys. And this is why I don't think they should have gone for Rendon at the beginning because now you have all this money locked up in Trout, Pujols, mm-hmm. because we, he's got, oh, two more years, I think, left on his contract. Shohei, whenever they got to re-sign him. Now you got uh, – well, actually, now you don't got Jock Peterson – um, but you have a couple other guys. I know Lestella is a pretty decent second baseman. I'll draw in Simmons. Um, and as well, whenever Joe Adele gets up to the big leagues, he's going to be a big part for them. Uh, moving on here, kind of going off uh, from that Indian side when we were talking about Class A to a former uh, Indian who got a minor league deal with the Chicago Cubs being Jason Kipnis. Uh, back in his prime, he was a, one of the best second oh. basemen in the league besides Pedroia. Great player. Good veteran presence for mm-hmm. the Cubs, and I think I think they'll be fine with a lot of veterans that they have. I think it will, too, because even so with a minor league deal, it's a low-risk, high-reward. And it's the same thing how they got Pence last year with the Rangers. So if he get back to where he was, and I know he's still got a lot in the tank left, Cubs could be looking pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. You know? and They're I always know, there with you know Brian and Rizzo. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing bias. about Rizzo also, from what I heard, is he's mad at the Cubs organization. I don't remember specifically, but... I think it has to do with something in his contract or some monetary stuff, uh, but we'll have to see how that plays out. Also, too. I heard something about like the Rangers maybe trying to go after Chris. Yeah, Bryant. I did see that um, because they that would be they awesome. still need a third baseman, uh-huh. even though they do have the uh, the insurance spot with uh, Todd Frazier. They still need to go after him, and I think Bryant could be a good one. Maybe not Arenado necessarily because he can opt out after two years, but uh-huh. Bryant you have a little more time with. Um, but we'll just have to see. Plus. On the positive, too, him and Joey Gallo, um, from what I remember, they both grew up in Vegas. 
Um, I know Harper and Gallo played on the same team. I don't know, though, if Bryant and Gallo did. But I know they grew up in the same area, so there's that too. Um, And then finally moving on into MLB baseball, uh, still going on with the Red Sox. They signed a pretty good center fielder. Not the best bat, but definitely one of the best gold glove center fielders. Some of the catches that he's made in his career have been ridiculous. I I love watching him. I love watching him defensively. I mean – He's one of the better defense, probably one of the best defensive center fielders, being Kevin Pillar, um, that we've seen in this generation for sure. Um, of course, you have guys like Mike Trout, Adam Jones oh, when he was sure. in his prime, but Kevin Pillar is a different type of guy. I mean, last year uh, got designated for assignment from the Blue Jays, then got picked up by the Giants, and for the Red Sox, who now had to fill that void with Mookie Betts, a good signing for them. You know, even mm-hmm. though you're missing the bat of Mookie. You know, yes, Kevin Pillar will kind of produce the same amount of bat, maybe not as good, because, of course, Mookie Betts is generational talent. Uh-huh. But, you know, he still will get on base, and then defensively, he'll save some runs. Fine. Yeah. Uh, we're going to move on here. Last week, this was our end topic, and, of course, had to bring this up. Being the start of the XFL, and honestly, Serge, I could say I freaking love this league already i am with you it's just refreshing honestly Mm -hmm. like this is perfect for football fans i mean not only do you have uh guys shotgunning beers after the game (laughs) uh you have guys just having fun the on-field interviews i.e pat mcafee there (laughs) um gotta love him i mean there's just so many things that i like about this league um and really if the one thing about this league is, unlike the Alliance Football League, this one has a chance to last because the Alliance came out of nowhere. This one, you know, it was building up since its collapse in 2001, and, of course, they decided to reinvent it. They wanted it to be more football-based, where back in 2001 it was to bring the both sides of WWE and NFL football, which did not coincide with one another. But now you bring in this whole new aspect of football, and I just like this idea. Number one, the idea of two four, uh, forward passes, uh, the shootout at the end of games. If it's an yeah. overtime field goals, I think that's a great idea. The extra points, you get uh-huh. one, two, or three points, depending on how far you start at. Or Yeah, I mean, there's just so many things. And I'm even going to go try to see a game soon, uh, which is going to be fun to watch, of course, with the Dallas Renegades. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's my team right there. Yeah. Uh, for numerous amount of reasons, but we'll go on to kind of how week one ended for that. Uh, the D.C. Defenders defeated the Seattle Dragons 31-19. The Houston Roughnecks defeated the L.A. Wildcats uh, 37-17. to Sorry about that. Uh, the New York Guardians blew out the Tampa Bay Vipers 23-3. And then, unfortunately, the Dallas Renegades were upset by the St. Louis mm. uh, Battlehawks 15-9. They were nine-point uh, nine favorites uh, going into the game. Uh, Landry Jones was not starting in this game. They put in Philip uh, Nelson. Philip Nelson, who was apparently, from what I saw in an interview uh, from last week, he was before he got uh, to the XFL. He was an Instagram model and an underwear model from uh, wow. Coach Stoops. What he uh, said in his one, but uh, he was a uh, a quarterback. Can't remember from where specifically or what college he went to, but that's besides the point. Uh, but with Landry Jones starting this week, it's going to be big for them. Uh, he was a monster at OU. And, of course, having his head coach, uh, Bob Stoops, with him, he knows how to play him. And, you know, Bob Stoops is a guy who's only lost six games in in his whole career. 
So, and even so, the Dallas Renegade game, the first one, that was only a sixth. That was his sixth one of all time. Yeah. Which, I mean, that shows you the amount, A, of head coaching talent that they have. But, and even so, we talk about Philip Nelson. He played absolutely terrible in the game. It, we just couldn't find the end zone. We had nine points, three mm-hmm. field goals. and But Landry's going to be McAfee, back. I know Pat McAfee was happy with that. <laughs> yeah. There was also, in that game, I know it has been around the internet so many times, the perfect punt, and Pat McAfee was losing his mind about that. <laughs> and the guy from the Battlehawks just took it right in the end zone. He's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? That was hilarious. It would have been because it, it literally was taking a bounce to sit right on the one-yard line, and the guy from the Battlehawks just came out of nowhere. That was the old Raiders punter that punted that, right? I believe so, yes. Uh-huh. Um, King. And but... the best part and why I like the XFL is they went right afterwards and talked to the guy. Yes. Like, why did you do that? And to be fair, and Pat McAfee asked him this, and that was the best part about it. He's like, I know you know what I'm here to ask you. Why did you do that? He's like, well, because I thought the guy touched him. He's like, okay, fair enough. You're right, up <laughs> in the booth. And then he just left. Um, but I absolutely like it. Um, the last thing I want to ask before we go to a commercial break is, do you think the XFL should look to change anything within its first week? No. I love the way it is. It's going to last. It's going to last a lot of years, and I want to go to some games. I hope it does with that. I, I think it'll last definitely this year, but in the future, it'll all have to depend. I know the Dallas Renegades had a humongous fan base to start out. There were like 17,000 people there, I'm pretty sure. Um, and hopefully that number continues to grow because I know it's a lot more exciting than it was the first time around. So we will just have to see about that. Uh, so we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the NBA the NFL, and a little bit of the NHL here. So don't go away. We will be right back. The Max Danielson Show is proud to announce Gage's Granite as an official sponsor for the Saturday podcast. Gage's Granite is a family-run company operating nearby in the Dallas Metroplex. They offer custom granite, travertine, onyx, and marble countertops to homeowners and businesses since 2000. Give them a call today at 972-243-6097 or visit gagesgranite.com or on Facebook and Twitter. You can also stop by the main showroom located at 2427 Glenda Lane in Dallas. Gages Granite, a proud sponsor of the Max Danielson Show. Hey guys, this is Jason with Lacrosse Monkey. Are you looking for a place to shop for your next athletic season? Monkey Sports is here to help. Whether you're looking for baseball, hockey, or lacrosse gear, if you can dream it, we've got it. We provide both the latest and best on the market equipment for your athlete. Stop by and visit us at 105 West Bethany Drive, right off of US 75 in Allen. Monkey Sports, a proud sponsor of the Max Danielson Show. And welcome back to the Max Danielson Show. Where we left off, we talked about the MLB with the Astros scandal, a couple other uh, trades and signings, and then went into a recap of the XFL that week. So going on to the NBA, um, Damian Lillard was uh, or came out and said that he was not going to be participating in the All-Star game due to injury, and someone who was snubbed the first time around, being Devin Booker, was replaced. Um, and of course highly deserving of that this year 
putting up 26.4 points per game, 6.3 assists per game, and 4.2 rebounds per game. Devin Booker has been really the key piece for the Suns all around. Um, I mean, he's one of the best shooters in the game, one of the best uh, upcoming talents being from Kentucky. Uh, He is really looking to be a really key piece in the NBA, and even so has already been that. I know last year dropped 61 game. Um, but, I mean, what do you think so far about that? Do you think that there should be another guy in place of him? Because I know Bradley Beal was also snubbed of it. Um, but I want to just ask you, what do you think about this? No, Devin Booker needs to be there. He deserves an all-star selection. Mm-hmm. He's one of the most underrated players. He really is. He really is. He just goes, because I think it's the market that he's in, in Phoenix. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, they're not be, the greatest team in the world. And they, yeah, they're not, they're not good. Of course, but, besides having Aaron Baines. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But man, he's just an amazing scorer. He can score the rock. Like he can shoot the rock. He's just good, all around great player. And I'm gl- and I'm glad also that Damian Lillard said that he needed to be uh, re- replace him. Definitely. Devin, and I love that about Damian Lillard. For sure, for sure. Um, do you think now going back onto the All Star game? Do you think that um, Bradley Beal could get a uh, selection? Do you think that'd be possible? Um, I don't know who they'd have to kick out, possibly, but... Well, no, uh, if, like, a guy gets injured. Oh, if a guy gets injured, yeah, he'd be next up, for sure, but I don't know if anybody's going to get injured in between yeah. there. Um, so we'll move on here. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks, after being bought out by the Charlotte Hornets, picked up Michael Kidd Gilchrist. They did have to get rid of my guy, uh, Robbie Brockoff, um, who honestly was... One of Mavericks fans' favorite players, but of course getting Michael K. Gilchrist, an amazing defensive player, um, well worth it in my opinion because that's something that the Mavericks need right now. They have the firepower of Luka and Kristaps Porzingis on their team for offense, um, as well as guys like, uh, I'm trying to think, why can't I think of his name? DeLon Wright, uh, Seth Curry. Seth Curry, yes. Um, And then you just get... The new additions uh, for defense, of course, Maxi Kleber's been doing great this year. Um, Willie Cauley Stein, who they just got. But what do you think about this pickup? Another Kentucky dude, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Mm-hmm. Good. He's definitely. Gonna, we need some defense for sure. For sure, yeah. That's good. That's I the mean, only even issue so, with like our you look at his numbers. Team, I feel whenever like. he's not like he's never been on a good team, mm-hmm. and honestly, he should be getting starter minutes. And they're not giving him starter minutes here, which stinks because. Honestly, I think he could be the starting center here if they wanted him to run Kristaps at the four, put uh, Kali Stein at the five, then you have Luka running the point, uh, either Do- or probably Seth Curry at the three, and then Dorian Finney at the, uh, or sorry, Seth Curry at the two, and then Dorian Finney at the three. But speaking of the Mavericks, Luka Doncic just came back from injury and had a massive game against the Sacramento Kings. 33 points, 8 assists, 12 rebounds. I mean, what's more to say about Luka Doncic? Luka Magic, it's insane. He's my age, mm-hmm. or maybe like a year older. Yeah, I don't even he is, know. Yeah, he is our age. It's it's, in, it's insane to think about, and he's just been doing it ever since he was in Europe when he mm-hmm. was like 16, 17, balling out over there. Just brought it over here and hasn't looked back. I mean, honestly, he is. And the one thing like that scares me about Luka is the ankle injury because it's happened now twice to the ankle, and I'm worried – now, I do have faith in the Dallas Mavericks uh, medical staff. I've, of course, they're one of the more most highly regarded ones in um, the NBA, so I think he'll be okay. 
but for him to do it twice on the same ankle, it's a little bit weary about that, but I have faith at least still in him. Uh, we'll move on to the NFL. This just came out, so I'm going to put this ahead of the first topic, being the Redskins releasing Josh Norman. What? Which is big. What? Yeah. That they, just happened? Wow. It just, it, it just happened uh, just because this we are recording this Friday morning at 10 a.m., and this came out, if I'm not mistaken, literally at 9 Um which is extremely big. Of course, this is our first reactions to this. Josh Norman being one of the best corners in the NFL, along with Jalen Ramsey and Richard Sherman. Um, This is big. Um, And this just opens up even a bigger market for the NFL free agency, which is about to start in, I believe, four days. Um, Initial thoughts on this right now. Wow. That is shocking. I guess it was like an attitude problem, or he just wanted out of the a, team. It has to be a like, locker problem, or the fact that the Redskins probably couldn't afford him. That, too. They're just looking to rebuild. or I don't know. That's – wow. Yeah, I mean, they're saying that it was a big money signing shortly after. Um, I mean, I don't know. This is really – I mean, even so, didn't really have the best year with the Redskins, but still. He's still it's locked Josh down. Norman. Yeah, big name corner. Um. But, dang, that is really surprising. And, I mean, hopefully, hopefully my Green Bay Packers can pick him up. We could always uh, use him. No, I think, I think our Cowboys want him more. We'll have to see. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know where – okay, well, let's talk about this. This is a great topic. Where do you think he could go, actually? Because you know what would be an interesting one? What if he goes to the Steelers and links up with Micah Fitzpatrick? Oh my gosh! Think about that defense, stat. right? That secondary is going to be that, lethal. No, that secondary is pretty good already, and adding him, oh my gosh! Honestly, just... I could say either the or if the Rams decide to go get him uh-huh. and then pair him with uh, Jalen Ramsey, that could be nice too. Um, my, I'm gonna give a prediction to the Steelers right now. I'm going Steelers. Steelers, that'd be a big pickup. Ah. Uh, if I had to guess one team that would be interested, probably L.A. Rams. I think mm-hmm. they're, they're going to go after him for sure. We'll just have to see, especially with free agency starting up in the next couple days. More like the L.A. Lambs. The, the L.A. Lambs. Lambs. Um, yeah. We'll just have to see how that goes up. But another, and we'll also have a prediction about this guy here in a sec, Chargers and Phillip Rivers part ways after 16 years. Your thoughts on this? It was, a, it was two years too late, mm-hmm. I think. But he's just been off. I don't know what the shell of his old self for sure. I mean, he was one of the better quarterbacks when he was um, in his prime for sure. Uh Uh, He is the man that literally could field a baseball team with his kids. Um, (laughs) And I believe if he plays as well, you have two teams that could go head to head there. Um, But aside from that, um, I mean, he was really a big part of the Chargers when they were just starting up. Um, when they traded away uh, Drew Brees, yeah. he stepped up, became a major part for them. It does stink the fact that his time is coming to an end, but going on with that, I think he will have no problem finding a job somewhere to finish out his career. And with that being said, where that could be, I have no clue. Now, do you see him starting ever again? I probably just see him as a backup somewhere. I, That's it all what depends. I'm Honestly, where I could see, now this is going to be an interesting discussion here, but it all depends how Dallas goes goes along with Dak Prescott. If they franchise if they franchise Dak, they're not going to go get him. But I believe if they are looking to trade him, 
I think they'll go after Philip Rivers. I oh. really do think they'll go after Philip Rivers because the problem is I don't think they should go after Tom Brady to start off with because oh, no, you yeah. only have want... one year with him, and what's the point with no, that? I don't get that. Yeah. No. Um, with Philip Rivers, you maybe will have two or three years. That will give you some time um, for the draft to go find. I know, you know, everyone's going to get on me saying that, oh, you know, Dak's a pretty good quarterback. He's an average quarterback at best. I mean, I'm just here to say, I remember my roommate was talking about how, you know, he's an MVP three games in the season. I'm like, yeah, because you're playing the three Pop Warner teams of the NFL. You know, and there's nothing against Dak because I do like Dak Prescott. I think he's a great guy. Um, I mean, you put him, you know, for what he's worth, if people were realistic about what he was – and what his worth was, yes, I think he is a good average quarterback. But people hype him up as this Tom Brady savior, and I just don't see it. I, I really don't see it. I don't I don't see him as average though. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. He's he's a little bit better than average. Come on. Come on, Max. Dude, I don't see him in the top. Okay, I think you're I a little hard on him because all the hype that he's gotten. I, I get think that. that I, I get that. I think that is too because I did say you know I do like that. You know, there's two guys on the Cowboys who I do like, Dak Prescott and a Jason Witten. I've always liked Jason Witten. <laughs> highly respected his game, and Dak Prescott just a great guy. I've met him before. Super super down to earth oh, yeah. guy, um, and he really does care. I don't like Zeke though. I I really don't. I respect his game a ton. Uh-huh. He is one of the best running but backs in the league. But him as a person? But just, he all just the, does all the some incidents. things. That, yeah. The incidents are what's going to kill his career. Because if he, honestly, if he stays out of trouble, he might have one of the best careers of a running back ever. Um, and He's that's that coming talented, from a lot, saying sure. from a Packers fan there. He is that talented. Um, but, I mean, another thing, I mean, the thing why I just, I have a lot of like I give a lot of hate to Dak it's just the hype that the people have around him uh-huh. and the arrogance that Cowboys fans give him <sighs> I mean, it's not the arrogance that he has it's the arrogance that Cowboys fans have for him yes yeah you know people make him out to be and I know I keep going on and on about this they make him seem oh, like good. Tom Brady. I like this he is he is a good quarterback you know but what people compare him as he's just average he is skill-wise, a great quarterback. You know, he's a guy that can work in the pocket, but there was a stat that went out. Like, when he threw over 30 passes, every single time, Cowboys lost. When he doesn't throw passes, you know. Yeah, he feeds off the run game. He, he really does. Pass. I mean, that's all he has to do. And with Amari Cooper, I hate to say this, and this might get me some backlash too, I think Cooper's a little bit overrated for what he's been said as. And the wow. reason being, you know, Cooper is, yes, one of the best wide receivers in the game he's not the best route runner in the game he really isn't he can make some terrific catches I will give you that but at the same time when all you have to do is double team him he's locked up I mean and even so with an average you know starting corner who can lock him up you're not going to get much production out of him that's the only thing I think personally yes he's one of the best wide receivers but the fact that he's not one of the better route runners in the NFL personally probably not one of the best route runners, one of the more mid to lower tier route runners in the game, you know, that just hinders his game so much. What he did in Oakland, he had Derek Carr. And that's another big thing, in my opinion, because what Derek Carr could do, I think, well, that's also the fact that Derek Carr has been in the league longer than Dak Prescott. He had a lot more leadership in that role and could get it to him and was more confident. Whereas we see still Dak is not that confident still in his game, which I think can change, which in my opinion, and I know I keep saying my opinion a lot, my apologies there, but if the Cowboys go get a 
better secondary wide receiver, they're going to be set. Then I could see Cooper maybe getting some more experience or getting more uh, receptions without being double co- double covered every single time he goes mm-hmm. out and maybe getting that r- route running down. Because in Oakland, he did have some good route running there. But when he got to Dallas, everyone knew, oh, all we have to do is cover Amari. And there's not much route running you, you could do when you're guarded by not only the corner and the safety. Yeah, he's had some big games, though, I feel I like. I will he's, admit, yes. That, ca- he has shown that up catch in some against, games. The Cowboy, or against the Packers, that was big for uh-huh. him. But also, I mean, Amari's been great. I'm not going to complain, but at the same time, he's had some key drops, mm-hmm. I feel like, and some tight games that we needed some catches mm-hmm. in. But at least it's not as bad as when Terrence Williams was on the uh-huh. team. And in terms of Dak, I mean, yeah, he still needs confidence. But I think it grew a little this year. It did. Was, I think it did. He was slinging the ball more than I'd ever seen, like the whole year. He was at the beginning. I think is where he got his confidence. Now, uh-huh. once he started playing some better competition, that's where I think he lost it. And then towards the end of the year, started picking it back up. I know that win against the uh, wasn't it the Giants the last game for the Cowboys. Uh, to be honest, I, I was so was, mad. I didn't it was even watch the, Giants. the game. It was the Giants because they were blowing them out, and then Eagles came out. It was out. a very frustrating But, year. I mean, that game also was a great game by Dak, you know. And, again, this is the last thing I'm going to say about Dak before we move on here because we got one more thing about NFL, and then we got to move on, um, is the fact that – and this is another reason why I I down I downplay Dak's um, abilities because of the amount of money they're saying he's worth. When Jerry Jones comes out and say we're going to pay him, but then Dak is like, "Yeah, I want thirty to forty million. You're not worth thirty to forty uh-huh. million. The highest paid quarterback right now is Russell Wilson, who I believe makes thirty-two million, if I'm not mistaken. To go out and say that you want forty million dollars, that's where I draw the line. I think his worth is around fifteen million a year. I think that'd be a reasonable amount of contract. Not the biggest, but not also the lowest." You know, I think that's where he stands in the middle of the pack. I could see an argument for $20 million a year. I think he could uh-huh. deserve that. But in my my opinion, it's between 15 and $20 million. Now, will he take that? That's, that's the, the qu- problem yeah. because he wants 30 to $40 million. Mm-hmm. And that's why I— And what and, are we going to do? Are we going to franchise tag him? We don't I think they will know. franchise tag him, and I and I know what I know what Jerry Jones is going to do. He's going to pay him that money. And, this is, and that's the one thing that I don't want them, you know, from a— financial standpoint you know yes you do have Zeke now locked up yes you do have Demarcus Lawrence locked up when you lock up Dak what happens down to Amari Cooper if you want him to keep going because you did give up a first round pick for him which is big Mm -hmm. and in my opinion and I keep saying my opinion but just keep stating it there yes that first round pick was totally worth it for him because yes Amari Cooper is one of the better wide receivers that route running does kill his game a little bit but again like you said Key catches, but also key drops. But then you also have to look at what are they going to lose defensively. You have Byron Jones' contract who's ex, um, expiring a couple years. You have Jalen Smith. Um, we need to Ladarius, keep that man. Uh, and Byron Jones. They've been yeah. great. Both I mean, of them you also have, have Lander, uh, Vander Esch, whose mm-hmm. contract is going to go down from his rookie year. I mean, there's a lot of guys who you're going to have to pay eventually. Yeah, we're going to have to sacrifice some. Somebody's going to have to sacrifice some money for the and better I of the team. I think that is yeah. going to have to be Dak. I think so, too. Uh, but we're going to move on from our uh, little bit there from Dak. Uh, always great there to debate that. Um, we'll go on here with Miles Garrett being reinstated by the NFL. Uh, last year, we all remember that whole thing with Mason Rudolph. Um, I mean, 
let's talk about this. How do you think, or do you think the NFL is going to be keeping a close eye on Miles Garrett? Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's going to be um, definitely. Everybody's going to have their eyes on him for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, I just can't wait to see the Brown Steelers game. <laughs> the next Ooh, upcoming that's game. That's going to be. A- I I am so ready for that. They need to make that Sunday night or that something. That should be a primetime game for that's sure. That's got to be a primetime game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even so, I mean, just talking about Miles Garrett as a player, one of the better defensive players in the NFL. He's a number uh, one pick. He was the yeah. number one pick. I mean, and he has lived up to that hype. Uh, he was a very, very big player. Um, I'm trying to remember where he started his career. What? Or wait, no, he what? I'm thinking of a different guy. Wow. This, Vaughn? Yeah. That's I'm, th- I'm thinking of a way different guy. Um, I'm thinking of Jadavian Clowney for some reason. Oh, okay. The guy who started his career with the Texans. I was like, yeah, he started his career with the Texans. Uh, no, he started his career with the Browns. Yeah. Um, but besides that, we will move into the NHL here. Um, Serge, I know that you're not necessarily the most um, pinpoint on NHL, so it's all right. Uh, yeah. We're, so I could I could chilling. take a little bit from here. So this came out as well Appreciate this morning. It. Uh, Minnesota Wild firing uh, Bruce Bordeaux um, this past season, 27-23-7. Not the worst season, but being in the stacked Western Conference and being in the Central Division, which is probably the best division in hockey right now, that's something you just need to um, you need to get rid of. And just here it says lost seven of their last 11 games. A, need, a change needed to be uh, given to the Minnesota Wild. And even though uh, Boudreau is one of the better coaches in the NHL statistically, it's something that needed to be uh, gone. So going on from that, and especially now something the Wild had to get rid of, being their winger, uh, Jason Zucker, who is now going to the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, from a couple years ago. The Penguins were a dynasty back in the early decade. Uh, of course, with having Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, um, Marc-Andre Fleury as their goaltender. Really, they have gone up with age and have really become the shells of their old self. You know, still Crosby is dominating, Evgeny Malkin still being Evgeny Malkin. Uh, They have their brand new uh, younger goal. I can't remember his name, unfortunately. But now adding Jason Zucker, who this season has put up 29 points in 45 games. It's a big uh, big piece for them. I could see him going right into their first line or at worst second line for them. Um, and then finally, Serge, I don't know if you saw this. Maybe you did hear about this at least. That during the Anaheim Ducks and St. Louis Blues game, uh, defenseman Jason uh, Boomeister collapsed on the bench and they had to postpone that game. Now, it's very similar to the situation that happened between, I believe it was the Dallas Stars-Columbus Blue Jackets game with Rich Peverly having a heart attack on the bench. Um from what I have read, I don't think it's the same thing, but I could be mistaken. But um, it definitely is a little bit scary, and I know some people are like, why would they postpone the game? Well, if your teammate collapses uh, on the bench, I don't think you really want to play the rest of that no game. No way. That is just scary stuff. Uh, that's just a- accidents, tough accidents, honestly. It really is. So. Hopefully he has a speedy recovery there, and hopefully we'll see him back on the ice. Um, we're going to take one last commercial break here, and when we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit about college sports with basketball and football. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back.
The Max Danielson Show is proud to announce Gage's Granite as an official sponsor for the Saturday podcast. Gage's Granite is a family-run company operating nearby in the Dallas Metroplex. They offer custom granite, travertine, onyx, and marble countertops to homeowners and businesses since 2000. Give them a call today at 972-243-6097 or visit gagesgranite.com or on Facebook and Twitter. You can also stop by the main showroom located at 2427 Glenda Lane in Dallas. Gage's Granite, a proud sponsor of the Max Danielson Show. Hey guys, this is Jason with Lacrosse Monkey. Are you looking for a place to shop for your next athletic season? Monkey Sports is here to help. Whether you're looking for baseball, hockey, or lacrosse gear, if you can dream it, we've got it. We provide both the latest and best on the market equipment for your athlete. Stop by and visit us at 105 West Bethany Drive, right off of US 75 and Allen. Monkey Sports, a proud sponsor of the Max Danielson Show. And we are back here on the Max Danielson Show, where we left off. Talked a little bit about the NFL, the NBA, yeah, and then the NHL. Had to remember there for a second what our first topic was. Uh, but then we're going to wrap up this uh, episode with going into college athletics, being Michigan State hiring Mel Tucker as their new head coach after firing Mark D'Antoni last week. Uh, Tucker originally declined the offer for Michigan State at first, but when more teams, and this is what they're saying, when more teams started declining or more coaches started declining the offer, they had to up their offer, and then uh, what's it called? Uh, Tucker decided to finally accept. He only coached one year at Colorado, went five and seven there. It'll be interesting to see how this year uh, works out, especially losing a coach like Mark D'Antoni, who is a renowned coach in the coaching world. Um, I mean, what do you think about this? What do you think from Michigan State's standpoint? I don't know much about Mel Tucker, but the fact that he declined an offer for Michigan State, a Power 5 school, and the fact that he went five and seven at Colorado, I don't know. That just doesn't like fit. Doesn't sit well. It doesn't, yeah. yeah, I don't know who this guy think he thinks. He yeah, is. I mean, we'll just have to see about that. And it could be honestly, he did like his job at Colorado, um, but who knows at this point? Who knows? Um, and then we're finally going to wrap it up this week. This was kind of the big game, the rivalry week between Duke and UNC. Every single year is always probably the best game to watch. I know it was the most viewed oh, game so far this year. In college um, and Duke won in overtime versus Tar Heels by a score of 98-96 to 96 with a Trey Jones buzzer beater. Um, I mean, the game originally ended on a buzzer beater, and then they went to overtime, and then, of course, Duke won at the buzzer. Uh, there's actually a video on the Duke uh, Twitter page about the game, and if you go to about 550 – You'll see Jackson Epps with his reaction um, on the hype video of it, which is really, really cool. Um, and I know he is a humongous Duke fan. He was like, dude, I made the Duke uh, basketball hype video. I was like, you what? <laughs> and he showed me it, and I was like, dang, that's really, really cool. Um, but this is a big win for Duke, especially being upset a couple times this year. Mm-hmm. And this could really reinstate them into a sort of dominant role coming into March Madness here in just a little bit under a month. I mean, what a game. Holy crap. Like, literally, 
Duke has done this in Chapel Hill like three times mm-hmm. now with buzzer beaters, just killing UNC. I mean, and, and even so, UNC, they've played down kind of what they are projected this year. Of course, Cole Anthony, mm-hmm. who was projected at one point to be the number one overall pick, not looking like that at all anymore. Looking like easily a top ten pick, but nowhere to where people were projecting him at the beginning of the year as he started off extremely mm-hmm. good. I believe got it was hurt. against Maryland. He did get hurt. That, I think that didn't help. Um, and then just wasn't the same when he came back from what he was dominating at the beginning of the year. But going into March Madness, kind of, who do you think is going to be the big team to beat? Of course, Baylor has been really great this year. Kansas has been great this year. Duke's coming back up through the ranks. I mean, who do you see being a big threat? See, there's no clear cut, like, they're going to be, they're stacked, they're going to win. Not this year. It's different. And I feel like definitely Baylor's definitely a threat because they're just good all around. Mm -hmm. And then. I mean, they always are. Yeah, They always always have been. I think, I honestly think a dark horse is Michigan with Jawan Howard. That's who I think. I watched him play in Battle for Atlantis, like the, Mm -hmm. against. I believe I might have been UNC, honestly, mm-hmm. and they just blew them out. That's an interesting but dark horse team. I, that's my dark horse right now because wow. they they got a stack. They got a mm-hmm. good team. I feel like they could shoot the rock. That's sure. a dang. I wasn't even thinking that. Um, I mean Baylor this year looking phenomenal. I mean, of course, then you have San Diego State. You know, yeah. Even though they haven't played anyone still yet. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I could see you know. With this big win against UNC at Chapel Hill, this could turn Duke's season around, really. Even though they've had a great one, but they have been upset a few times already. Oh, for sure. And I think that's what's going to be really, really good, um, especially this year's March Madness, how many upsets, big upsets there have been already this year. I think that's going to be a big role when we see March Madness start up here in a little bit. Um, and why I'm really, really excited for this. Mm-hmm. Year's. It's going to be awesome because you don't. It's going to be tough bracket to pick, though. It's it will. Definitely it will. definitely is going to, especially but. with the amount of, I guess, instability between who could win that game versus in years prior. You know, if it's Duke, you know, Duke's mm-hmm. going to win. But now, just seeing they've already been upset three times this year, you don't know what the heck could happen. Mm-hmm. You never know with Kentucky either. Kentucky yeah. might make a run, or even UNC. UNC, yeah. Gonzaga, Baylor, Kansas—all that's what I love. Big. This is going to be a good year, even though the stars really aren't like as good as I feel like as in past years, like of who the top players. Yeah. But I think it's going to be a great competitive year. I think it definitely can't wait will for March. Too. Yeah, I mean it's only just a few weeks away. And I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the Max Danielson Show. Serge, thanks so much for coming on. It's tradition, of course, to ask if you got any last things to say for the show. Um, I just want to say thank you for having me here, Max, and uh, go Roos. Go Roos. That's always a great one to end off. Well, that is going to do it for this week as I thank you from myself, Max Danielson. And as always, have a pleasant good morning, a good afternoon, or good evening to you, wherever or whenever you may be watching. Thanks, y'all, and see you next week.